Welcome to Truvine Talks with Rachel and Linda. We are back before the Labor Day. Is it Labor Day holiday? Yes. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of the transition to fall. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sad for you. You love summer. You love that heat. You are a tropical girl. I know. How about you? I love fall. I'm, a, I'm an autumn girl. I like 70 degrees. Yeah. Leaves changing. Nice. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's us being our authentic self. Yeah. Love mm-hmm. that, which is what we're going to talk about today. Right? It's like, how do we, what is being authentic? And how do we be authentic in this increasingly artificial world, you know, where everything on social media seems to be, you know, effortlessly perfect, nothing's ever out of place in anybody's home, everybody's smiling, having a great time, doing these awesome trips. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's true. Like, it's so easy to present um, footage, footage from our camera phones, which I didn't, when I was younger, we didn't have camera phones, and present all the clips of the best parts. Mm -hmm. And not to mention the wonderful filters I love to use. I was just going to say that. I'm so glad you did. Yeah. Filters. Exactly. AI. I can make myself look like a Disney princess and post it if I want to with Facetune or what, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's fun. And we're not bashing any of that. But it's hard to accept and love yourself and live authentically and not worry about what other people are thinking of you when every time you pick up your phone and start scrolling you see like these curated lifestyles in front of you we forget that it is curated it is specifically chosen you know and posted there aren't pictures of the sink full of dishes or the piles of laundry or, <laughs> you know, yeah, crumbs on the counter. Like, that's real. Dog hair laying all over the place. Yeah. Kids' toys strung all over, dog toys. Yeah. This is life. Yeah. And being true to who you are is recognizing. I'm just presenting a part of myself to the world. Right. Mm -hmm. This isn't like our last podcast. We're not in plastic Barbie world. And, you know, we're just, our true selves are not always shown on social media or um, what else might we display in our life? TikTok, any of those. Yeah. Even just like, you know, going to work or going to spend time with people, you know, it's like, do, are you the type of person, a lot of us, you know, are that kind of wear the mask and don't show how we're really feeling and don't let anyone know that we're struggling. Mm-hmm. 
even if it's not on social media, it can be within your relationships that you're not being really authentic. Oh, yeah. I'm just checking to see all the things I have back here. Okay. Just checking. And um, being your um, authentic self, like wearing that mask is part of um, your armor, as Brene Brown tells us. Mm -hmm. Armor up so to keep negative feedback out of our life. Yeah. yeah. To avoid criticism, judgment. Yeah. 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 So that's what we're going to talk about today, right? We're going to jump in and talk about what is authenticity? Why is it important? What makes it so difficult? Because it can be hard sometimes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Let's start with like, just like a basic definition or explanation. How would you describe authenticity to someone if they asked? Yeah. Um, so I would have them like get quiet and close their eyes and tune out the whole world mm -hmm. and just imagine themselves on earth without anyone else. Can you do that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do yeah. you see yourself doing, Rachel? No one else on the earth. My initial reaction is that I'd be lonely, but I know that's not where you're trying to go. So, <laughs> okay, so yeah. let's pick. Okay, that's cool. We can do that. Yeah. Pick one person to be there with you on the earth. Cool. I can do that. All right. So, what are you guys doing? I would want to be like dancing through fields, singing music, having a good time. Just frolicking. Yeah. Where would you go to eat? Ooh. We would cook outside. I love cooking over a fire, barbecuing. Yeah. Cool. And what, um, what activities would you also engage in? Lots of hiking, going to see waterfalls, swimming. Mm hmm Yeah. Just laying in a hammock. Yeah. I hope the weather's nice. Everything is outdoors. <laughs> I'm noticing. Noticing that. And what is your deepest inner value as you're out there with that one person that matters the most to you? Playing outside. What is the thing that matters most? Yeah, I think I think it's connection. I think all of these things are, are going back to connection. Because I'm imagining it being my husband. And as we're dancing, we're holding hands. We're, you know, we're cooking together. We're eating together. We're hiking and swimming together, right? So we're, we're connecting with one another and connecting with nature. So, yeah, it's like I really value connection, being present, being in tune, being in sync. So that's your true, authentic self. Yeah. And getting folks to sort of, as you're all listening, imagining yourself on Earth with just one person that matters the most, that you can unashamedly be yourself, 
what does that look like for you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You like that? I do like that. Yeah. And for some people, it might be more comfortable for them to imagine that without anyone around. Being, being on their own, right? And not worrying about pleasing anybody else or what anybody else is thinking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for walking our listeners and myself through that. Right. That's a great example of, you know, how we can integrate all the aspects of ourself. You know, being mm -hmm. true, right? This raw, unfiltered version of us. What would you do if no one was watching? If no one was going to judge? That's it. You don't have an audience there. Like you're just you and this person. My glasses are off. And so you're just you, this person, and the entire earth is your playground. Love it. That's authenticity. The true, unfiltered version of you. Mm -hmm. yeah. Why is it so important for us to try to be authentic? And have a sense of what our authentic self is. I think it's a key to personal growth myself. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. this is where the quote from Charlie Goat comes in. That Ooh, I just. Awesome. If you're not yourself, it will find you. Ooh. If you're not yourself, it will find you. I love that. Please thank, please thank Charlie for sharing that. Yeah. Man, a few words. When it does come out, it's mm, really profound. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And meaning your authentic self um, down the road, if you're you're putting on um, a facade of what you care about, what you what matters to you, and you're presenting that however you're presenting that, mm -hmm. it eventually your um, true self's going to seep out, and people will will notice that you're not congruent with what you're presenting. Mm. Yeah. Also, I I think that that is so true. That whatever we are maybe embarrassed about or trying to hide or struggling with is going to show up in our life. Mm -hmm. and, and we're going to be forced to face it, forced to embrace it. Oh, yeah. In order to find peace. Right. And there are not many people you can be raw and authentic with. So, yeah. And what is the fear in being your true self with everybody? I think a lot of the, the biggest fear is judgment and criticism. Mm -hmm. you know, backlash. We And back to social media, people feel so comfortable being brutally honest online and sharing all of their negative opinions mm -hmm. 
or screenshotting things and sending it to people. Like, OMG, ha ha ha. You know, making a mockery. Right. Someone. Yeah, it's so mean. We used to only have to, or, or used to only have the ability to compare ourselves to our peers, just like the people within our physical proximity, right? People mm-hmm. we lived with, people we went to school with, people we worked with, people in our communities. Now we have the ability to compare ourselves to celebrities, bloggers, influencers, you know, people across the globe. Mm-hmm. That we've never met, you know, but we can see all these different aspects of their life, what they're eating, what their workout routine is, where they travel to, what their home looks like. Hmm. Is it too much? I think it is a lot. Yeah. It's almost like it's almost intrusive almost to the Mm -hmm. self, the authentic self. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I love what Brandy Brown, I keep bringing her up, she keeps coming up in my mind, is the, um, have you earned the right to know me this way? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and what is oversharing? I don't know. I don't know what it is. Described it, I think, if someone asked me as sharing those deep personal vulnerabilities with someone that hasn't earned your trust, someone that hasn't earned the right to know those parts of you, those sacred parts of you, like a stranger you're meeting for the first time on on the bus or whatever. Just thought of a random example. That's good. Yeah. When to share and when not to share. Yeah. And I think the, the uh, measure is how, how is that relationship? Are they a safe person to know you? Oh, yeah. that's, that's good. Yeah. That's good. If you're not yourself, so, it'll find you. Yeah. So being authentic is a kind of like our, part of our life journey I think it's part of what all of us whether consciously or unconsciously are trying to do right become self-aware know who we are know what we stand for what we value and when we can achieve that when we can be authentic it helps us be better communicators so that's another reason it's important because if Linda comes to me and gives me feedback Right, uh, right. Then you know, if I'm self-aware and and I'm authentic, I can take that feedback, that you know, constructive criticism, and not get defensive, right? Not feel like, oh, I'm the worst counselor ever because Linda watched my tape and encouraged me to you know do more of X, Y, and Z, right? I'm I'm gonna be able to take that in and know, right? Be, because I'm being authentic. I know that I'm not perfect. I know that there are things that I want to get better at. 
And the only way I can do that is by getting feedback, right? From someone with more experience and more knowledge than me, right? Or an out, just an outside perspective. Sometimes we need that sometimes. Well, Rachel's close to it, so she can sit here and be modest. She's really good. Thanks, mm-hmm. Linda. Yeah. Yeah. So, better communication, better self-esteem, and all of that's going to lead to a more enjoyable life. Oh, yeah. And we can be authentic and, you know, yeah. And we're going to be happier. Mm-hmm. And who you are... Um, who you truly are, your personality, your DNA, all the the cells that make up you, you. It's typically by age six. Ooh. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And what shapes and molds, Rachel, that as those changes is external influences, trauma, parental uh, positivity or negativity influences and shapes behavior, but your true self, I believe, is by age six. And that's awesome. People can Google scholar yeah. that for me, but I believe it's age six. Yeah. Awesome. So age six is are you referring to like kind of like our personality? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. kind of there and been developed. Yeah. yeah. So those are the impressionable years. Um, And that's what makes up the true self. So, I mean, if you could imagine, that's that's why that inner child work goes back, I think, to around age six. That you're like, can you see yourself? What are you doing? How do you seem? What What are you playing with? Just trying to tune into what your inner child loves. Thanks so much for bringing that up because, you know, as we kind of move into talking about why it's difficult to be authentic, we can all reflect on our first six years of life and mm-hmm. were people accepting or in, encouraging of our interests that we were developing? Good questions. Yeah, did they let us explore and be curious you know, about our interests or were those interests kind of pushed on us, right? You're going to play baseball or you're going to do this. And it, it really didn't, didn't feel like us. But we maybe didn't have the language, right, the words to, to describe that or didn't have a choice. For sure, no. Mm-hmm. You're right, and if you felt pressure to be something that wasn't true to your inner child, six-year-old self, um, maybe you would play up to that because an authority figure wanted you to be that, or peers wanted you to be something, mm-hmm. and you would create this plastic self, this artificial self, in order to appease and please those around you. Hundred percent, right? Self protection. If I do this, I get made fun of. I don't want to get made fun of, so I will avoid doing that. We learn the consequences of our actions 
very quickly and we learn what we can do to avoid those consequences. Yeah. That's good, Rachel. Yeah. I'm looking at your notes. Yeah, no problem. So I think some of the things that make it difficult to to be authentic are taking in honest, sometimes negative feedback about ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Which I already mentioned. Um, we Oh, here's an interesting one. We live in a world that is constantly changing. Things change all the time. Things update and they're new and we've got to learn. And something I've noticed is people can kind of like have a really hard time with change and they want to cling to what is old and familiar and don't allow themselves the flexibility right to learn new and that can be confusing when it comes to authenticity because this is what I've always known and so this is normal this feels like me mm -hmm. and then people don't give themselves the ability to to be uncomfortable we confuse we confuse discomfort with imposter right oh feeling feeling like an imposter is the opposite of authentic right so that's really challenging for a lot of people if you can be doing something that is authentic it's in line with your values and you're not like really great at it that's okay like you're learning, you're figuring it out. So we, we do have to try not to get like locked in to something when we're talking about authenticity and, and give ourselves the the ability to be flexible and change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, authentic doesn't mean like like stuck. We can still we can still change and be fluid. Yeah. Go ahead. You make yourself uncomfortable. Well, you do radical things that you that you're scared to do. Yeah. Not I'm not talking about high risk, jumping off, jumping out of an airplane with a parachute. Although that might be in your bucket list, you know, caution to the sure. that caution. Even that. just setting boundaries. People are scared to do that. Yeah. Because they're scared of conflict. You know, they're afraid of, of that person becoming so upset that they don't want to be friends anymore and stop speaking to them. Right. So we're kind of naturally afraid, most of us, I think, of rejection and abandonment. Those are really scary. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you're born into the world with a mom, yeah. typically. Mm -hmm. Not always, but typically you're born with one other person to be there for you. Mm -hmm. yeah. stepping out like oh maybe I ought to go to this national park that's across the country or maybe I should go to Mexico like Rachel did and expose myself to culture new foods and see what you like yeah yeah, yeah. try to talk restaurant yeah oh yeah so I think I think they refer to that as like the authenticity paradox where we want to be authentic, but we unknowingly prevent ourselves from continuing to grow and move in that direction by being afraid to step outside of our comfort zone. Yeah, because you don't know all the things your six-year-old liked. So right. you don't know. know. Yeah, you can't remember. 
there's this quote, I wish I, I knew who said it. I, I don't, but it is um, something along the lines of, do you remember who you were before the world told you who to be? Ooh, that's authenticity. Say it again. Yeah. Do you remember who you were before the world told you who to be? Love it. And that, that's, that is why in counseling, we want to help our clients explore, um, imagine, tap into that creative part of their brains because the inner child was left behind. Yeah. And how does she know or he know or they then know? How do they know? How do they know who they were? What, you know, like you said, what the world's telling you, parents yeah. pressuring, giving you all these rules that mm-hmm. they're safety rules, but then there's some rules that don't make sense. Right. You know, all these expectations and yeah. So travel, um, new hobbies, try things that are different outside your comfort zone. Join, go to a new culture, um, experience uh, variety. And that makes you know, oh, I love that. That's who I am. I was at a concert, Pitbull concert last weekend. He did excellent. He's such a great performer. That Spanish culture is what I love. I Mm -hmm. love the Spanish culture. Warm, fun, entertaining. Vibrant. Vibrant. Yeah. That's my true self. That's authentic. Yeah. Was it socially anxious for me? Yes. Did I did I choose to seating that put me out of the pit? Absolutely, because I'm socially anxious. Yeah. Yeah. What a great example of pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. Right. To be in this very public setting that creates a lot of social anxiety for you. Yep. But you did it to be authentic, right? And you know, to to experience that vibrant energy and have fun. Yeah. Right, so I would have loved it. <laughs> We're gonna do it. We're gonna have to pick a concert and do it. Yes, amazing. Yeah. So we're going to talk about four pieces of authenticity, right? So people that have um, more of these four things tend to live a more authentic life. And so that is awareness, unbiased processing, behaviors in line with values, and relational orientation. We're going to go through all of those. So first one, you were kind of talking about like by coming to therapy, we help people become more aware. We help increase self-awareness of that inner child, of likes and dislikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Of areas that uh, need some attention, need some work, like setting boundaries. Yeah. I love emotionally focused individual therapy because we ask those questions. What is your unmet need? What do you long for? Yeah, those those are big questions. They're like, wow, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So step one is that awareness piece. Becoming what feels like it's missing. What mm-hmm. is it that you want to do? Right? That you prevent yourself from doing right? because you're afraid. What is it you're afraid of? It's good. And so then that's that unbiased processing piece starts to come in, right? And you start talking about needs, longings, fears. We need to be able to do it while suspending judgment. We need to be able to look at it neutrally, right? Mm-hmm. I long for connection. Does that make me um, some kind of, of sissy? Does that mean that I'm not okay being alone? Does that mean I'm dependent on others, right? Mm-hmm. The judgment, right, that some people might feel about that. Because we live in a society that is so independent focused. You know, you need to be able to make it on your own, every man for himself. Yeah, you're right. There is a lot of external, oh, you got to do it yourself. You got to get things done. I grew up in a generation where work, 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 work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So we got to have the ability to engage in, you know, unbiased processing, try to suspend judgment, mm. look at our fears, needs, and longings just as they are, right, from a neutral viewpoint. And and then we learn to exhibit compassion toward ourselves by doing that, right? Instead of being so self-critical and self-loathing, we start to become compassionate toward ourselves. And when you think about your inner child, I think about my little boy, Grant, and I'm like, oh, I just, what, oh, what do you need? Are you hungry? What do you want to do today? It's just that sweet, soft, slow, motherly sound to yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this, um, you know, looking at ourselves without bias, that goes for not just the, the negative, but also the positive. Can you take a compliment? Is that uncomfortable? Linda gave me a compliment earlier, and I laughed. It's very hard. <laughs> it laughed. Did y'all see that? Right. You heard me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. She. You, but, however, Rachel, I've been doing this for seven years, I think, maybe, proximally, and she's gotten so much better receiving positive feedback. Yeah. And it's, it's not to stroke the ego. I think sometimes people are like, oh, if I'm, you know, receiving too many compliments, I might puff up, right? Puff up and think I'm better than, oh, it's about, hey, that's your true self, Rachel. Yeah, that's your yeah. true self. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's about balance, I think. We've got to be able to look at, okay, these are, the areas where I don't do as well, where I need growth and want growth. And these are the areas that I do feel confident in that help my self-esteem that I, I I could put a check mark beside and I know that that I'm doing okay here. Yeah. We need to be able to look at both, not just one or the other, because then we have a skewed perception of ourselves, and that's not authentic. 
right? We keep talking about authentic is all of it, bringing it all together, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and mm. figuring out, you know, how do we how do we put this together and make a whole person? Well stated. And, you know, we cohesive. talked about, yes, cohesive. We talked about that in class about, uh, in the personality class at Marshall, which love more teaching. Yeah. Thank you. We talked about what creates narcissism type of personality. Um, and it's, it's, you know, we know from this neuroscience, it's from, you know, maybe you didn't have a parental figure validating who you are or giving you any positive feedback. So you had to create an alter ego in order mm. to um, suspend all the negativity and create a self that's not authentic in order to survive mm. narcissism. Yeah. Is that how you understand it, Rachel? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would not have had those words to put together. You did a beautiful job explaining it. Yeah. That's a, that's a great example. So, you know, folks that have those displays of puffed up and I'm the best, <laughs> it's, it's, an, it's not their authentic self. It's a, it's a trauma response to not having anyone validate their inner child or yeah. encourage Trying them. to hide any flaws and not hide. let anyone see them. Exactly. Yeah. They know that they're there and they're so afraid that other people are going to see them. So they've got to act and engage as if they don't exist. You know, those flaws and imperfections. Can I give a shout out to the class? Um, sure, please. Class at Marshall. These kids are so bright, so, so willing to learn. And they offer... So much positive feedback in class. They're really smart. So, oh, love that. Go Marshall students in person. Go Marshall students. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <Go> Marshall. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. So, hopefully, people can see how you know this awareness and unbiased processing can help you be more authentic, which is going to help you be a better communicator. You're not like I said, you're not going to get as defensive, right? Right, or you know, deflective if someone gives you feedback, and if you're not putting judgment on your needs and fears, then you're going to be more likely to share them with oh, someone to get your needs met, right? So good, Rachel. Not to judge your fear. I used to feel so inept that I had social anxiety or anxiety, generalized anxiety. And the more I, I name it to tame it, as you taught me from Dan Siegel's work, is it feels authentic. It's not my, it's not my person. My, my diagnosis isn't my authentic self, but it is how I experience right. life sometimes. Right. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It, it helps you understand. So I'm not judging it anymore yeah. as negative. Yeah. You're being compassionate yeah. towards yourself. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And that's and what so we're that, for our clients. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Right? And so once we're aware, 
no, I love this back and forth. We're doing, we're doing good. Uh, so once we're aware and, and we're looking at ourselves, our longings, needs, and fears without judgment, uh, then, you know, our behavior is going to change. Mm. We're becoming more authentic. We're acting in ways that are congruent with our values, right? our needs. We're not, we're less likely to be acting out of uh, like wanting to please other people or wanting to avoid punishment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or projecting something that's not mm-hmm. true to self. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're being more real. We're going to take that mask off more often with those trusted others. I ain't taking off my makeup. <laughs> but that's, that can be authentic, right? If you, if you enjoy makeup and yeah, that's a form of self-expression, I think. Can be. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be engaging in social comparison less. These are the ways that our behavior changes that can kind of mark authenticity. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh man, I love their, the way they sing. And I love, uh, I love that she's, you know, hiked to the top of that mountain. That's cool. That's not for me, but that's cool. Yeah. Some people hate the outdoors, right? That's I cool. Guess. That's okay. There are bugs out there. I understand. Right. You would not want to put up with that. Yeah. It, it is hot sometimes. Totally understand. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Anything else we want to share about behavior? It's important for our behavior to be in line with our values. Ooh, yeah, your intrinsic values. So if I value God, I'm going to pray, uh, read my 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 scriptures. As I, you know, you can. Whatever your religion is, you can do that. And that's going to be authentic to myself. So that's going to line up. My value lines up with my behavior. If like you're a hiker like Rachel and I, then I'll be outside every weekend I can. It's going to line up with what I, my core true self. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So am I engaging with others and behaving in a way that's in line with my values and if I am then I'm going to notice a shift in my relational orientations and that's a fancy way of saying I'm going to be building more secure attachment with people Um, I'm going to be more open I'm going to be more honest in my closest relationships and in doing so, I'm going to let people see glimpses of, you know, the kind of maybe dark and ugly parts of me, which we all have. Right? And, and because that's a safe person that I trust, they're going to accept those parts. They're going to share those parts of them. We're going to see each other. We're going to feel closer and even more connected. Yeah, you're shedding the armor when you mm-hmm. feel safe. Yeah, shedding armor. And if you attract people by being your true self that you can shed armor with and you can trust, that's being authentic. Yeah. 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 
I think whether you're authentic or not, people are going to not like you. Yeah, 10% of the population won't like you. One out of 10 people. No matter what. No matter what. One out of 10 people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to. Which really upsets people, you know. And that used to be me too. And sometimes still it still is. Sometimes that still creeps up. Um, but I try to remind myself. I'm like, you know what, Rachel? There are people that you have met that you don't particularly love to be around. So why is it fair for me to not like people, but nobody can like not like me? <laughs> so I give people permission. I'm like, you know what? If I give myself permission to not like people, I need to give people permission to not like me. That's only fair, right? Yeah, and that, that may be that you wouldn't have played in the playground as a six-year-old with that particular kid because you didn't have the same interests or values. Yeah, exactly. Starter, and you're on the slide. Oh, well. Right. I love it. Great topic, Rachel. Thanks. Yeah, I think, you know, we've talked about that word comes into a lot of our podcasts, authenticity, being authentic, living an authentic life. And so I wanted us to spend some time talking about what does it we even mean when we mention this, really dive into it? Why is it important? Mm -hmm. you know, and, and how does it impact our life when we are living in this authentic way? And so hopefully we've covered all of that today excellent job rachel yeah we love that you guys listen to us when we make our podcast and you know if you or someone you know has a need um for mental health marriage counseling we love working with teenagers that's mine and rachel's a lot of our work has been with teens uh give us a uh, go to our website and you can fill out a form so yeah. people are back to school, college has started. So if anyone's struggling with that transition, please let us know. Awesome. Thank you guys for listening to True Vine. Yes. Oh. Until next time. Bye. Bye.